Namaste and welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Sapient. Today we have yet another guest. Welcome, Ian. G'day, Ganesh. It's good to be here and chatting to you. How are you doing today? Uh, good. It's a it's a beautiful afternoon in Sydney, Australia. Sun shining. Uh, in fact, it's getting hot. It's uh, uh, over thirty degrees. Do, do you talk centigrade over there or Fahrenheit? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it's over thirty, and it's just started in spring. So it's a uh, yeah beautiful time of the year. Mm-hmm. Got it. And I see that your bio is like loaded. You know, if if your bio was a weapon, it would be like an it would be like a machine gun. <laughs> You know, it has too much bullets in it. Like, how do, how did you like accumulate all this over um, you know the time? Well, I, well, I guess you got to live a long time, Ganesh, and, uh, <laughs> and the longer you live, hopefully, the more the more bullet points you can add to your bio. So, uh, I don't normally share my age, but I'm I'm 69, uh, and so there's been a lot of life lived and. Maybe do you want me to set the scene mm-hmm. and, and take people through how I got please, please. what's up? Yeah. yeah, please do it. Yeah. Um, so um, born in Melbourne in Australia in uh, in 1954, and as a child, uh, particularly late teens, struggled with low self esteem uh, and uh, co- lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I bombed out of uh, high school. Mm-hmm. and then took the first job that uh, came up. And I thought that would be a temporary job until something better came along. Mm-hmm. And I worked in that. And then, but I would also do other jobs on the side to try and bring more money in. And I, things like I used to import squash rackets and tennis rackets. I was a good, I was a, a good player. Now I'm going to brag here for a second. I actually won a gold medal in the world masters games when they played in Sydney for tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I got married um, and uh, we moved into what in Australia we call a, a milk bar. It's like a corner mm-hmm. store. And okay. um, so I would run, I would open the store in the mornings, then go to my full-time job and then close the store of a night time. And I would also mm-hmm. work Saturdays and Sundays. And uh, we had our first uh, two kids while we were living in the milk bar. And uh, often life was a struggle financially. Um, so I was doing other work. My wife would clean houses and and do some work on a, a plant farm for for a brother. But gradually, I worked my way into more and more senior positions. I got into the mm-hmm. IT space and became a, a, a senior IT project manager working in utilities. So I worked in Melbourne. Uh, we went over to New Zealand for a couple of years. I worked there and then um, spent a lot of time as an IT manager in Sydney. And then in 2013, I started to increasingly think there's more to life than just making money and delivering Mm -hmm. software changes. And I meditated on that. And then on the 10th of September, 2013, I got on the train to come to work. I continued reading a book that my youngest daughter had given me. And what I read that morning on the train transformed my thinking for the rest of my life. In Mm -hmm. May, 2014, I quit my high paid job and I've been a full-time volunteer ever since. And mm-hmm. I started uh, off, I, I became a mentor to high school students in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about another program for primary school students. So I signed up to that as well. And then I found out about another program for to support people in the family environment through mentoring. And I signed up to that as well. So I was actively mm-hmm. involved in three programs across multiple schools throughout the Sydney environment. And then in 2018, I was mentoring a young guy in one of the Sydney high schools. And when we chatted, he shared that his father had suicided. His mum had an addiction and was in and out of rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, he was living with his grandparents, which he hated. And then he just, he turned and he looked at me and he started crying. Mm-hmm. And he said, Ian, help me. Um, what can you do? I mean, I'm mentoring this guy at school. What what can I mm-hmm. do or say? And after the mentoring session, I debriefed with a program counsellor mm-hmm. uh, just to let her know what was there and I guess looking for advice. And she surprised me. She said, Ian, are you okay? And I just started crying myself over the situation. And after being flat for a couple of months, 
it dawned on me that what I wanted to do was have a mentor, just like all these young kids. I've been mentoring all these other kids. Now, I should clarify, for most people in business, mm. um, mentoring means someone with acquired skills and knowledge and experience who guides, directs, advises someone else. I call that business mm -hmm. mentoring, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, I call life mentoring. It's mm -hmm. predominantly listening. It's supporting. It's encouraging. People aren't broken. They don't need to be fixed. Fixed. They just need to be validated and loved. So I looked around for the nearest organisation. Uh, it started off in Australia, then went worldwide for an organisation that provided life mentoring to men. And I couldn't find anything that was suitable. Mm -hmm. And it motivated me to write a proposal to establish what was to become Mentoring Men. And there's a whole series of events from the 10th mm -hmm. of September, 2013, all the way along the line that have mm -hmm. helped me identify and reinforce my purpose, my evolving purpose for my life. And anyway, what, uh, so I've left out some of those things, but shortly after writing the proposal, an event happened that I decided I would do everything within my power to make Mentoring Men happen. And we officially launched mm -hmm. in November 2018. Um, thousands of men in Australia have engaged. Um, basically, it's a free program. We train up volunteer men like me through our own mm -hmm. mentor training course and through suicide prevention. And then we carefully match them to what we in Australia call another bloke who may be mm -hmm. going through life challenges like job loss, relationship breakdown, loneliness, isolation, anything. Mm -hmm. And it's a long-term one-to-one mentoring relationship. So I'll, I'll pause there. So that's that. Mm -hmm. So you talked about my bio. So that went from, yeah. I guess, a, a career focused on making money and climbing mm -hmm. the, the corporate ladder mm -hmm. to totally... 180 degrees from that to focus mm -hmm. on giving back because of the need I identified with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it does like sound like, like a movie kind of thing where, um, you know, like there are so many changes and, um, you know, it's almost like you went from product centered to human centered where you were like, you know, I have worked on products. I have worked on software where I have done this work and let me try to take this skill and use it on humans to make lives better. It, yeah, it almost I, sounds like that. Yeah, I would say I've picked up more skills, uh, more real life skills, mm -hmm. a real understanding of who I am in the last nine years than in the previous 60. When you focus on making money and, and I subsequently realized how judgmental I was uh, I, there's a whole bunch of attitudes that I had wrong mm -hmm. and I've learned uh, let me share something with you to, I guess that one of the game-changing things that I went through so when I got involved in mentoring men often addiction would come up and and generally substance addiction like a, mm -hmm. there's a there's a narrow frame that many of us have you, you mentioned addiction yeah. most people think of substance addiction but it could be eating, it could be social media, it could be a whole bunch of other things as well. But anyway, this was around substance addiction. And I've never taken an illicit substance in my life, but I wanted to find out more about it. And I talked to a number of people and I was talking to one of our mentors one day who used to take drugs. And he said to me, Ian, if you want to reduce illicit drug usage, stop sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Now, it took me four or five seconds to understand what he was saying, but when he did, it totally reframed my thought process. Mm -hmm. um, the old Ian would form judgments while they're choosing to do this. But when yeah. you take on board what this he said, mm -hmm. many of these people are trying to numb some horrendous thing from their experience. And yeah. when you think of it in those terms, mm -hmm. you have a lot more empathy and you, so that's, that's just one example, but that, that yeah. single message, I still have arguments within my own family because mm -hmm. some of my family like the old Ian, it's all, well, they're choosing yeah. to do this, but uh, no one sets out to become an addict. No one's going through it. Life, yes. life is great. I think I'll become an addict because I want to stuff it yeah. up, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so I, yeah, it's not, it wasn't 
using my product knowledge, it's actually this mm-hmm. change in direction and actually to gain real life knowledge. I, I, I'm a, mm-hmm. like a, I soak up experiences. I, I learn a lot. I've still got huge amounts to learn. And my mm-hmm. view is we should never stop learning. I want mm-hmm. to keep learning till the day I die. Yeah. And uh, every day I'm learning something new. In fact, I've got a reminder mm-hmm. on my calendar every night. What did I learn today? Um, mm-hmm. Which I don't always think about, but every day should bring new experiences. Mm-hmm. You said something like, you know, like people are not looking to be addicts. Um, a great author once said that people are not born to be failures, right? Along the way, they become failures. Um, it is so similar that, you know, in India, many construction workers, like manual laborers, right? They're into, uh, they're, you know, like they are somewhat alcoholics. And people say, you know what, like you can just stop drinking. And, you know, I always uh, say the similar thing where I'm like, they're not drinking because they're rich. They're not drinking because, you know, they like to. It's just that they have gone through so much of hard work throughout the day where they need to, they feel like, okay, alcohol might, um, you know, relieve me of some pain. And that's not like, they're not like, you know, like I'm earning to drink, but yeah. you know, that's just the situation. Yeah. Can I, sometimes, and and I don't know, um, this is the first podcast I've done with someone in India and I, I understand mm-hmm. this. Like we have a lot of different cultures engaged in mentoring men. And again, it's been a learning yeah. curve for me. But can I share an experience I had last year around mm-hmm. the definition of success? Because many people associate with success with financial success. So my wife and I are keen push bike riders. And uh, last September, we were over in the Greek islands on a on a boat. It looked like a pirate ship, right? It's like it's a sailing boat and... and uh, we were on the, this boat with about 20 other cyclists and the boat would go around from Greek Island to Greek Island and they would mm-hmm. we'd get to a dock, they would unload all the bikes and we would ride around the island and then they, they would pick us up. Mm-hmm. And on one of the islands, where there was a tour guide there and we'd follow the tour guide riding up to the top of this hill. It felt like a mountain. <laughs> Ours wasn't an e-bike, so we were actually pedaling. But anyway, we get up the top and he stops mm-hmm. us at this, this lookout and there's an island in the distance. Mm-hmm. And he started telling us the story of uh, Aristotle Onassis. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you're a lot younger than me, Ganesh. I don't know if you've heard of that name before, but I'll, I'll explain yes. how it fitted in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but he, Greece has gone through his financial struggles. They've, like they're, they've got a lot of national debt. But he was telling the story as a success story. And what he said that Onassis was born into poverty and then initially he sold his money, uh, 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 earned his money selling tobacco products on the black market. And then he invented packaged cigarettes and made an absolute fortune. And then he moved into shipping and made even more money. And then um, what most people around the world would, would know of him is he then married JFK's widow, Jackie. So Jackie Onassis, and um, he shared that uh, he'd had a, a string of affairs all the way through. And then he finished off by saying, Onassis re- reported to have said, they say money can buy love, but I want to tell you it's not true. I'm the richest man in the world and I've never found true love. And I put up my hand and I said, I couldn't help myself. I said, I want to query your definition of success. So you've got a man who's invented a product that's killed millions of people and called untold damage to so many more (laughs) and never found true love. I would argue that someone who's not wealthy at all, maybe like the people, Ganesh, that you were mentioned before, the construction workers, Mm -hmm. but had strong relationships, strong, loving, trusting relationships is far more successful than Anassas was and when I we flew back to Australia, I woke up 4 a.m. Uh, jet lagged and I thought about this successful life. And I created a one page PowerPoint slide initially just for me because this concept of the best life. So, so imagine this slide on the right hand side. I've got my definition of the best life, which is where we use our skills and experiences 
to positively impact the world around us. It's where we get genuine contentment and fulfillment. On the other side, we've got us at birth and there's this meandering line that goes from there to, I guess, our death or hopefully to get to the best life. And above it is a word map of all the types of things that can impact us. And many of these things that can be negative. We have relationship yeah. breakdown. We mm -hmm. lose the village. We get yeah. sick. Um, we get abused. Uh, yeah. We have mental illness. And one of the big things, we get sucked into this materialistic view of the world. In fact, prior to coming on, we talked about chatting. It's almost like this inauthentic. We get sucked into this view yeah. of what a cookie cutter of what we think the world wants us to be. And I say to people when I put this slide up as part of a presentation, I said, look, I've done this for myself, but just for 10 seconds, if I could ask mm -hmm. you, please just take a step back from your current life, what you're doing and think mm -hmm. about your best life. What would your best life look like? And are you moving yeah. towards that? And at the bottom of the slide, I've got this Mark Twain quote, the mm -hmm. two most important days in your life are the day you're born and then the day you work out why. Mm -hmm. And for me, the 10th of September, 2013 mm -hmm. was the day that I worked out why. So hopefully yeah. that, so I, your, the, the construction workers that you're talking about, I know you talked about in terms mm -hmm. of potential uh, addictions and things like that, but I would argue that some mm -hmm. of them could be far more happier than the richest. I don't know who the richest men in India are. Uh, probably the guy who mm -hmm. makes the, the power stations or the cars. Or He could be happier, mm -hmm. more fulfilled than these guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. definitely. Um, because you know, in India, we have two examples of that. There is the richest family and richest person. Um, and there is one more guy called as Tata, right? Ratan Tata. Oh, yep, yep. He is also quite rich, like he's second richest Indian. And yet he gives away like 99.3% of his earnings away to charity. Well, and, uh, you know, he lives on a fixed salary, like there is no uh, bonus or any sort of things and he's not married and he's just happy. Um, oh. And any, uh, you know, like media touch points or anytime people talk to him, you can genuinely see he's just happy like you know he's just chilling on this planet right oh. um but this you know richest family they are like you know well prepared and um somewhat like plastered which shows like you know like okay you you have been worked on you know like <laughs> there have been some modifications to um you know how you look and how you operate on a daily basis yeah uh thanks for sharing that that i i get encouraged by that sort of uh that sort of news. I know the the bit limited knowledge I have of Gandhi was very much along those sort of lines. It was uh, Mother Teresa. It's these people who just have this focus of giving back, and and uh, I like to think that's where my life has been and is going, and and uh, for as long as I'm around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you you are one of those um, awakened people, right? Who, who realized what to do. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, you mentioned something like, you know, when you live long enough, you add bullet points. And I can assure you, you're one of the rare ones. <laughs> because most of people, when they get, um, you know, when they keep living on, their bullet points become very short and um, somewhat sad because it just becomes narrow and narrow and narrow uh, rather than, um, you know, like, yeah. as you said, increasing those bullet points. Can I give two thoughts around that? The first one is there's, I meet a lot of people who want to create new bullet points, but through what I call analysis paralysis or a lack of confidence or fear, or they're not prepared to do the hard yards. Mm -hmm. It just sits there as this dream. You know, what do they say? Young people have dreams, old people have yeah. regrets. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, and in many cases, through mentoring men, I was able to provide a uh, a platform that these people mm -hmm. could then start to achieve, achieve their, their dreams. In fact, one of them, interestingly, was mm -hmm. a, a guy who uh, uh, migrated from India probably mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years ago and he had in, into Australia, had a difficult experience. And what his, his passion was to support new migrants, but particularly from India, 
in the transition to life and culture in Australia. And he, he's a great communicator, but he, he, mm-hmm. he, he told me about this dream, but he hadn't done anything. And, and then we're actually working together. He's come on the board of the uh, Kintsugi Heroes, which I haven't talked about, but he also became a mentoring men trainer. So that was, I think that's one of the reasons. But the second reason to what, what you said then about people not adding bullet points is we're sucked into this materialism thing. I want to get a bigger car. I want to get a bigger house. It's, there's never mm-hmm. enough money. And, and, it's, and it's storing up these things, but they, they don't give genuine pleasure. Like it's, it's not, there's a lack of meaning into them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe people listening to this may, may, may query is what it is they're chasing. But I, I love that thought. May, maybe the goal from this podcast, let's add more bullet points. <laughs> Yeah, I always say like, um, because usually like if you look at artists or anyone who is creative, most of the times people give this label to them as crazy. Um, And I'm like, yeah, so is your child. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, it's just that we are not able to understand their thought process. And we become so judgmental and so quick. And that pace of getting new information and getting judgmentally so quick in today's world that is kind of like dangerous yeah i i love that one of the weaknesses that i had was just mm-hmm. way too judgmental without understanding the situation and um like in the second not-for-profit which hopefully we'll talk about in a second but i yeah. i now encounter people from a number of different backgrounds and mm-hmm. my previous attitudes have been challenged and I've, I've, I've changed my view on so many different things. Um, um, we capture stories of people with disabilities, with, uh, mm-hmm. suffer, with grief, with addictions, around domestic violence, around mental illness, around trauma, um, around gender diversity. And the more these things come up and I actually, my, my attitude has changed so much because I'm prepared to actually listen and take on board. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's really good for our attitudes to be challenged. One of the things that I've seen, you look at it in America, particularly the, the left goes more left, the right goes more right. People start to associate within groups who reinforce whatever view they t- it takes them further. And I, I like this model where there's a, um, there's a wire that almost goes to, two extreme points, but doesn't quite get there. And the extreme points could be yes, no, black, white, positive, negative. And you put a bead on that wire. Now, you and I might have a discussion around wealth or or around bullet points. And as Mm -hmm. we talk and listen, we may move that bead across one way or across another way. Mm -hmm. But we take on board. But I suspect, let's pick a hot topic at the moment, the last results of the American election. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. people in America, despite mm-hmm. all the evidence, who seem to genuinely think the election was rigged. And if mm-hmm. you were to say to them, what evidence would you need to see before you changed your mind? Yeah. I believe you would hear from them. There's nothing you can say or there's nothing that yes. you can show me that's going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, how sad is that? How foolish yeah. is someone having that attitude? Yeah. And I, I don't know how we fix it. We fix it by having you and I having this discussion and our, we'll move our beads mm-hmm. either way, but we've got an open mm-hmm. mind. But we seem yeah. to be creating, and particularly through social media and other forms of media, mm-hmm. this locked in. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, I talk to people and when, when someone says like, no amount of fact can change my um, <laughs> thought, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to talk to you anymore because <laughs> you are living in a la la land and I cannot enter that yeah. well, <laughs> um, it's, realm. It's interesting. So with the last 10 or 15 years, there's been a lot of stuff around climate change mm-hmm. and there's been a, a, a number of people who support it, a number of people who've denied it. Mm-hmm. Um, what seems to be happening, the people who have denying it seems to be getting mm-hmm. quieter as it's gone along. It's yeah. not as yeah. Uh, even like I, I blame uh, Murdoch and the Fox News for 
mm-hmm. taking a very strong position on that. Although they've now taken that back. But you look at what's going on worldwide in terms of the fires mm-hmm. in Canada and Australia, the storms yeah. that just happened around the, mid- the Middle East and in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, uh, look I, I'm not saying I definitely know, but I, I think the beat is moving towards more that we've got man-made climate change and the and the and the yeah. results yeah but i don't know these, these these people have stopped posting but i hopefully they'll uh be courageous enough to actually uh think about mm-hmm. moving the beat away from where they were yeah hopefully so and it's like in today's world of like reels and tiktoks we are like people hate like a conversation it's you know it's like they all they want to see is a dog fight and they just want to choose a dog like it's either that or this um either biden or trump um and that that's the funny thing that you mentioned you know in a recent elections right because any election in you know united states is like a circus recently it's just two jokers trying to impress people <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps getting sadder and sadder instead of funnier and funnier and yeah. You know, like there is no essence to it, and right now, um, yeah. because it's all about polls and um, you know getting lead in a particular district rather than talking about people. Yeah, it's um, politics is always a dangerous thing to to go down, <laughs> and I and I've realised I started mm-hmm. down this. Oh, look, in Australia, um, we've got a pretty good system. Uh, in fact, this is probably, my understanding is very similar to the system in India and obviously came originally from England. Um, mm-hmm. One of the main supporters of mentoring men, in fact, our, our ambassador, is the local federal government minister. And I would mm-hmm. call him a friend and he's someone I've got a huge amount of respect for. He's a man of integrity and all that. And I believe most of the politicians that we have in Australia are mm-hmm. uh, are good people and 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 we have a media that that hopefully would identify any corruption um mm-hmm. uh so i i'm i don't know of a better system um you I, I don't want the north korean or the russian or even the chinese system i'd rather have a, a system of democracy but where their people are called to account where there's some independent review of what's what's going on but it's sad what you see in America. We need America strong and united. And it's just, I I just can't understand. Yeah. I, I, it's almost, dare I say, America's become a laughing stock around the rest of the world in yeah. terms of where the political stuff is. And, um, you know, I'm not meant to say anything along those lines. But anyway, that's it just, mm-hmm. I, I love I mean, America. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's kind of like the re- reality of it. Like whether people want to agree or not, like reality does not change, right? Like, um, if there is, you know, if there is sun outside and we say it's moon, it does not work like that. Um, and, you know, like, I feel like today's United States is more about overreach. Um, just like every other civilization before this, you know, humans are trained to overreach. And coming back to your point of view, like, about mentoring men, um, you know, like, people suffer from overreaching things. Rome was perfect, let's say, and they could have stopped there, but you know they had to reach for something else that did not exist. Yeah, yeah, that's a key point. There's a lot of lessons in history from from wars uh, mm-hmm. that it just gets it's, it's this never-ending desire to conquer more and more. You look at Japan in World War Two, Germany in World War Two, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Genghis Khan. I mean, it, it's uh, it's just a uh, even um, ISIS, it's this this, this mm-hmm. constant drive. Yeah. yeah, let's get away from politics. <laughs> let's get away from politics um, and talk about men. <laughs> Can I talk about Kintsugi heroes? Which is is that okay? Can I share the story? Yeah, please. Yeah. So I mentioned as a a teenager and even into my twenties the lack of confidence and and self esteem I had, and. Later on, as I started to read more and more stories, particularly biographies and autobiographies of people overcoming adversity, it built confidence in me. And I realized the power of storytelling. And 
in August 1993. You weren't born then, were you, Ganesh? Were you... <laughs> nope. I was not even planned. <laughs> I'm 96, so I'm still <laughs> way down the timeline. Oh, okay. Anyway, all right. That was all for youth again. Um, so I, I wrote to three community leaders in Australia about this idea I had for a, a book where back then I had I thought it had to be famous people share overcoming adversity stories to give hope and inspiration to people like me. And I, and I wanted them to do this. And I, I wrote to them and one of them, a famous Australian entrepreneur, took the time to send me back a handwritten note. And it said, Ian, this is a great idea. And then he added, you do it. <laughs> and so it just sat there for 30 years. At the end of 2021, Mentoring Men had grown uh, to a significant degree. We had uh, uh, financial support. And so I could step aside from all the volunteering work I did there. Um, and we put in a paid team to run the organization. That still that exists today. And that freed up a little bit of time. And I thought back to this idea of the storytelling. And I decided in last year, 2022, that I was going to do this. I was going to progress this idea. Now, the technology had changed. In, in 93, it was, it was just books. And mm -hmm. of course, now there's like what we're on now. There's, there's online conversations and podcasts and mm -hmm. things like that. So I, I decided, well, we, we'll have conversations of people who overcome adversity um, will edit these into video audio podcasts but I'm still keen on the book and I've engaged an author in New Zealand who takes a we use AI to convert the conversation into words and and then that's modified and our um, our first two books are just about finished the first one we published in November and I when I decided I'd do this I let a few people in my circle know that I was going to do it and a guy came back to me he said Ian I've got a I've got a name for your project. And I said, great, what is it? And he said, Kintsugi. And I said, I've mm -hmm. never heard of it. Uh, have you heard of Kintsugi Ganesh? Nope. Okay. So it's a Japanese term. I'll just get my paperclip bowl. So mm -hmm. it's a Japanese term. And the legend is there was a, 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 an emperor who had some valuable pottery. And over time it chipped and cracked and showed the signs of wear and tear. Mm -hmm. And he said to his craftsman, I want you to fix it, make it look brand new but they couldn't do it. But what they could do mm -hmm. was repair it, but high as part of the repair, they use a precious metal like gold, mm -hmm. which highlights the damage that's been done before. So when you look at it, it's far more beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's far more yeah. valuable than what it was before. Mm -hmm. And it's a metaphor for the Ganeshas, for the Ians, for mm -hmm. the lived experience that we we go through. And I, the dare I say, as um, your lived experience bullet points will increase as mm -hmm. you live longer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, minus. <laughs> and I, I thought it was brilliant. I loved the metaphor and the objective or the, 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 the goal of Kintsuki Heroes is to provide mm -hmm. hope and inspiration to people experiencing life challenges. Mm -hmm. And I've added into that another objective to help people reframe how they see that adversity to actually see the power, the strength. And you get people thankful they've actually been through that adversity. Like a guy contacted me two or three months ago mm -hmm. and he had Crohn's disease, which is a terrible disease. He had it since he was two. And he's now got mm -hmm. a, a colostomy bag. The guy would be about 30, I think he's about 34. He's got a colostomy bag. Now that's, that's a huge setback, particularly for someone who's young, but he's, mm -hmm. he's actually producing this online content to help people with physical disabilities, to encourage them to get into the workforce, to achieve their goals and change their direction. And he, he's glad that he's been through that experience. And I've seen that again and again. So that's, so that's what it is. We, we, we published this, uh, said we've captured over a hundred conversations. Um, our mm -hmm. very first one covered grief. And then we, we've, uh, we've done a big project where we've captured people, the stories of people who were impacted by the Black Summer bushfires in the Alpine area of Victoria in yeah. Australia. And there's a lot of um, unidentified and unresolved trauma going back to that. But by capturing these stories, it's the science of storytelling, 
it will encourage other people to actually start to open up and talk and have the conversations, seek help. And when people start talking, it's incredibly therapeutic. When you speak mm. about what you're feeling, what you've gone through, and you know someone else is actively listening, it is, yeah. it's, it's really good. It, it actually starts to feel better about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's like a noble um, concept that you're working on. Um, and I, I also like saw the recent episode on YouTube oh, about the bushfire. I, okay. Yeah. 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 That so, was sort of interesting because like, I feel like men in society don't get to express themselves that much because they sort of feel like, you know, if I express this, I might be vulnerable. Um, but you seem to have provided that platform where people are courageous enough to talk about these things. Yeah. The, we need to question the way that we raise young boys and men and we seem to instill in them this attitude of what a man is and it's through films or through parenting or advertising or whatever and it's almost like it's a cross between indiana jones uh, james bond and 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 clint eastwood dirty harry or whatever mm -hmm. but that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and i've, I've heard you know boys would be crying or real men you know real boys don't cry real men don't cry this, this these lies that are out there so as men we put on this facade and i had this for years in the corporate environment you pretend that you're someone that you, you're not and there's huge power in being vulnerable there's huge power in sharing what's going on with, with other with other men it, it, pick your mark you know pick the right person who's going to support you but through mentoring, I'd be mentoring someone and they'd say, Ian, I, I, I've never told anyone this before, but, and then they would say something. Or Ian, you know more about the real me than my mates I've had for 20 or 30 years know. Mm -hmm. So we put on this facade and we need to, we need to get that off. It's, I said, there's so much confusion. I don't know if you find this, do you open the door for women? Do you not open the door? Uh, do you, Mitch, you know, cry, mm -hmm. whatever. And I would, my preference, my definition, I would, I think it's too hard to define what a man is. Easier to define what a, a real man isn't. And a real man doesn't commit domestic violence. A real man doesn't abuse other people. A real man doesn't do these awful things to others. But I cry at romantic movies. I let my grandkids paint my... I've, I've got 12 grandkids, by the way. <laughs> I let my grandkids paint my nails. Uh, so it's... Yeah, I'd be... I, my suggestion, don't conform to anyone, any other idea. Actually, can I share something to reinforce that a bit? Yeah, yeah, um, please. When I was growing up in Victoria, my dad would take me and my two brothers and there'd be some of my dad's mates and their sons and we would go camping in this area called Gippsland in Victoria. And it was all about guns and shooting things. And um, one of my dad's mates, he had a powerful gun. It was a 303 and he used to lie on his back and he'd try and shoot. We have these beautiful eagles, wedge-tailed eagles. He'd try and shoot them out of the sky. And I hated it. I hated all this killing. Um, so they would go out spotlighting. Spotlighting is where you go out of the night time in a car and you have these powerful searchlights on the car and there'd be people with guns and you'd shine on animals and then you would shoot them. But I wouldn't go because I hated it. I would stay back at the, at the tent as a 10-year-old questioning my manhood. Well, am I really mm -hmm. a man? I don't want to go out and do that stuff. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying that there's totally inappropriate for me to question my manhood because I didn't want to go out and kill things. I mean, that's like, I'm totally happy with that. You know, if that's, and, but at the time you, you because you're trying to fit in with this stereotype. Mm -hmm. So I think many men are going to have things out there around that. And I just mm -hmm. say to them, question them, you know, that doesn't, uh, in many, it doesn't make you less of a man. It just means, mm -hmm. you, yeah. That's okay. I'm, I was just looking at notes. Um, yeah, you're kind of, you know, like you're right when you say, like when you talk about 
we have to look at how boys are raised in society and because if whenever i get into this conversation i always feel like feminist and extreme feminists definitely screwed men over uh-huh. <laughs> because it's not a uh, straight for equality anymore it's about just winning points and winning like talks and yeah. that has like been a cancerous move um i still remember a a woman journalist asking jordan peterson is it necessary is it necessary to be a man and i got like so angry on that like <laughs> i had to i had to just like you know like look away because i was like like you don't realize what you're talking about yeah can I, what i think one of the biggest issues is so in 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 my lifetime early on we grew up in a i call it a village type concept we had mm-hmm. we knew all the neighbors we were poor yeah. we never had a telephone but the mrs ryan three houses down had a telephone so we would give mm-hmm. her number and she come and tell us if there was a phone call and we knew the local kids and we we get our our chook eggs from down the road and and mm-hmm. it was a it was a supportive environment and in australia um a lot of that has has uh has gone away as we've become more materialistic and the fences have gone up and all that sort of stuff but another mm-hmm. thing back then as a kid i didn't know any divorced or separated parents now the mm-hmm. the relationships may not have been good but everyone i knew had a, a mum and a dad mm-hmm. when i started mentoring virtually every young guy I mentored came from a broken home mm-hmm. and in australia when parents separate usually the kids go with the mother mm-hmm. so for many of these guys there's no decent male role model yeah so i think this is a huge issue that many kids particularly boys it's important for girls as well but boys have been raised i think half of uh, marriages end in divorce so it's in so many cases boys have been raised without someone there to guide them through that and i, I think that's a huge a huge issue and that's yeah. where i guess the the school mentoring those done can uh, can provide a, a key part but i i hear what you said about the feminist side i i prefer not to <laughs> not to get involved mm-hmm. comment on it that's okay uh, but i but i i i would love to see more positive male role models around me, around these young people particularly young young boys yeah that is kind of i don't know it 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 seems like you know every as the day passes passes you know this world seems to be becoming crazy and <laughs> there there needs to be one like disruptive event just to set it back down um and just teach people like guys like chill you know like just <laughs> yeah. you know take a break from your propaganda and just just let's concentrate on the right things yeah yeah look i i think bad news a bit of bad news carries a lot more weight than a bit of good news like you if you get mm-hmm. if there's a restaurant and you get one bad review and 10 good reviews people probably won't mm-hmm. go because they've got a bad review and i think yeah. the news is like that as well we we the news focuses on the negative and i, I guess a lot of our discussion ganesh is, is focused on <laughs> concerns with the world <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff there's there's people yeah. like here here's you and i talking across continents mm-hmm. um hopefully to positively influence some other people there's a lot yeah. of good people out there doing doing good things mm-hmm. we look at the the the, the uh the, the the floods that have just happened in the north of africa and there's mm-hmm. a lot of aid is going in there to try and help those those people yeah um yeah maybe every now and then we need to focus on some good news stories so uh, yeah 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 i mean like, i mean you know it it almost feels like every government should make a rule saying there needs to be at least one news agency which just talks about positiveness yeah yeah or at an individual level mm-hmm. maybe yeah write down three things each day that you're grateful for yes yeah, yeah, yeah. like like you, you're you know, young you're healthy 
I looked at yeah. your Facebook profile. You've done some great traveling. <laughs> good photos there. You've got a sense of humor. You've got the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I, like there's a lot of good things mm -hmm. that we can. Yeah. Do. There are a lot of good things going on for each and every individual um, that they can be grateful for. And they can probably, I feel like, you know, like give back to society. And this concept of, you know, like you are liable to the society needs to, I think, come back. And as much as people will, would like to say, you know, like that stereotypical old thinking, I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, that's the reality of it. Like, it took a society to, um, you know, make you, a, you know, like a good person. And it's your time to pay back. Yeah. Yeah, it's interestingly, there's far more benefit. Uh, being a mentor, volunteering my time was one of the most fulfilling and satisfying things that I've done. So mm -hmm. the beneficiary, a big beneficiary was me. So if we, it, it's like, a, it, it's, if we focus on the materialistic, oh, well, look, mm -hmm. you've given up that time and I, you could have used, it could have earned more money and all that, but that's a losing attitude. It's a losing mentality. What I'm mm -hmm. saying is by giving, by volunteering, by doing, by helping someone else, uh, the motivation is because it's the right thing to do for someone else. So I don't want to be not doing this, but the, the payback to ourselves is mm -hmm. it can be amazing. It's uh, yeah. Educational. As I said, it's uh, yeah. It's what I believe is what we are built and designed for relationships and to support the community that we're in. That's, that's what I believe we're called to do. That's where we get yeah. the greatest satisfaction. Is that that thing I talked about before? And mm -hmm. the people who focus on the materialistic things are the, are losing through this. Mm -hmm. That's what. It... Yeah, that's because you know people try to strike balance between materialistic and being, um, you know, like doing their thing in in the society. Let's say doing their duty, and I'm like, yeah, but it's so hard to balance uh, that people often lean on materialistic thing. Yeah, they're like, I, yeah. I, it's still, if you've got to, I, I still had to put food on the table and pay the mortgage. Mm. I mean, I still had to do that stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying I'd give up everything, sell your assets, and go. I'm not yeah. saying that, but uh, but um, and and you find the balance. And for me, yeah, from the tenth or from May 2014 onwards, the balance moved way from over here to over here. But even leading up to that. You know, there, there's different things that we can do within the constraints of our lifestyle of, of, of trying to support our family and etc. Yes. Um, what would be like your suggestion to someone who who wants to do, you know, a similar sort of work? Um, you mean to they want to move into giving back? Um, yeah, but at least have an, a concept of giving back and at least try to give back. Well, the first thing I, I would say is just to try and find out what what their what their calling is, what their strength is, what they what they want to do. Um, it, it's like I guess maybe the way we choose a career is well, what are you good at, and uh, what opportunities are there, and and what do you want to do, and you factor those things. So I'd say look at different opportunities. I, I, I um, someone rang me uh, yesterday. Wanted to get involved in in in, uh, in in this case in mentoring, but we went through. Well, how much time have you got? You know, what what do you, what do you like doing, and what do you what do your skill set? And we we worked through that. So I don't know if this exists, but you almost have a, a volunteer advisor. You you contact this person, and they'll take. There mm -hmm. could be a new app there. There's a there's, you're in IT, Ganesha. It could be an opportunity <laughs> to develop an app. So for, I guess find out. What it is that you like doing that you good that, that you uh, that there's a need for that you uh, and it's going to fit in with your time. In fact, there are some apps around this in Australia. I assume there's some in, in India as well. And then check it out. Give give it a you know give it a try. So for the mentoring I started doing at schools, it was uh, uh, about two hours a week. That was the total commitment. So you got trained and then you just turned up at the school uh, for an hour and then you had a debrief. So it could be as little as a couple of hours a week. I've got people who volunteer with Kintsugi Heroes, and we're always looking for more support. 
So, uh, you know, someone at the moment is, is editing or reviewing the book, or it, it could be um, running our social media or things like that. There's always volunteer opportunities. Um, we advertise through, uh, I assume Sikh operates in India. Sikh? Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't not, think so. <laughs> oh, okay. And I just realized there's two Sikhs. <laughs> this is this is yeah. <laughs> <it's> I <laughs> And there's S. Yes. Uh, so there's a cultural thing. Okay. So there's S double E K. Mm -hmm. So Seek okay. is this like a job finding platform, but they also have a platform mm -hmm. for, called Seek Volunteer, where mm -hmm. people who are interested in volunteering can go and look at the opportunities there. Or you know, we the the two not for profits I've established, we advertised on that. So yeah, so I suggest to do things like that, and then you'll you'll find your you'll you'll find what it is that works for you, and and then over time, you know, I uh, said it could be as little as an hour or two a week. At the moment, I do about sixty hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but that's, but I don't. It's not work. It's it's something I'm passionate about. And I want to yeah. Do. Yeah, you're doing a very important thing. And I just I just remembered like today morning I was talking to another guy. Um, they, you know, they are also dealing with poverty and all these things. And he mentioned something like you know like United States government spends around one percent of their annual budget in uh, social reform and i'm like yeah one person is like nothing <laughs> yeah it's it's sad like um in australia there's a huge mm -hmm. number of volunteers who just give their time if all of those volunteer and volunteer organizations stopped uh, i i'd hate to think of what mess that would if, if you were only if the only thing that uh uh, support of people who are struggling was government expenditure mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it would be a disaster yeah i mean just look at covid right like yeah. literally i i like to think that like covid was a spectacular governmental failure but a spectacular win for society because people just came together and um, forgot who they were you know they put their ego aside and they just worked for it it's a really interesting point, and it comes back to the discussion we had a few minutes ago about the positive and the negative. Mm -hmm. And I was on a, a Zoom conference call, mm -hmm. and we had during COVID, and it started off, oh, look what COVID's done to us. And, and people started, oh, can't do this, can't do that. Can't, and, mm -hmm. and it was all this negative. And then mm -hmm. someone put in the chat, let's not waste a pandemic. And then everyone focused on the positive things like relationships improved because people didn't go to work. They spent more time with yeah. their loved ones, projects at home, which hadn't been done for years, got done. Um, people rethought their work life balance and realized, well, I'm not going to yeah. go to work five days a week in future when it, mm -hmm. I, I'll go three days and work from home for two days. I got fit. I, None of these cars are on the road. I could go with my push bike and ride around here without fear of getting killed. <laughs> so yeah, there was a lot of positive things that came, like there's positive and negative, but we, most of the media focused on the negative. Yeah. Uh, deaths and all that. Um, my wife is a nurse, a frontline nurse. So she mm -hmm. was actually working in the hospital with people who had COVID back when there was a mm -hmm. lot of fear around that. And, yeah. uh, you know, there was a lot of frontline people were dying early on and uh, and then, you know, bring it home and spread it. Around. So there's concerns around that. But uh, it, anyway, it's um, there's a lot of positive lessons from that. And hopefully someone's written down all these lessons for when the next pandemic hits. And uh, I think they had to go back to the Spanish flu and we we, we stuffed it up anyway. There's so <laughs> many things that, that, that yeah. they need to learn. Yeah. I mean, humans have a very short memory. Yeah. <laughs> who knows yeah i look at war look at war yeah yeah and also just look at how humans operate even in today's world because we created machines to make our lives easy um ironically right and today we are like devoted to machines yeah it's uh, uh, 
we tend to go to the negative, but you wonder where AI is going to finish mm-hmm. up and uh, and you look yeah. at the American movie industry has sort of been paused mm-hmm. because they're not sure ultimately yeah. AI can take over from the actors and as well as all the mm-hmm. writers. Um, I mean, it's already taking it out. It's just like um, in a time, right? How much long? How much more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Ian, I think you are safe. Like your work cannot be done by AI. <laughs> well, I don't need it. I'm not looking for paid paid work. And and uh, mm. as we pointed out at the start, uh, with all the the dot points, mm. <laughs> the, the the end of the dot points is a lot closer <laughs> than the end of your dot points. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here. Um, honestly, like, uh, because not a lot of people think about life like that like that like how you are able to think and just switch um and you know I, I will honestly say like people there are people you know who understand what you have understood about life but they just don't have the balls to do that they're just way like way too scared and they're like okay i don't want to do this and they have this attitude of it's not my problem yeah i i agree and i think it's sad I think it's sad for those people that they're missing an opportunity to actually get genuine fulfillment and contentment in their life. They miss the opportunity to help the community around them. Um, and I think we, you know, we, we get sucked into this, this commercial attitude within the world. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there's a lot of studies done on people interviewing people before they pass away mm-hmm. and look yeah. at those studies and they talk about exactly what you just said then the regrets of doing that mm-hmm. so I, i'd encourage if it is people listening to this maybe have a think about it. i i would welcome any uh, if people want to get in touch with me and and just uh, have a chat about any of this sort of stuff um Ganesh, can i give a, a an email address is that okay yes yes yeah yeah, yeah sure so so my email address is Ian, that's I-A-N, at kintsugiheroes.com.au and it's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I-H-E-R-O-E-S. So we would welcome any thoughts around uh, adversity themes, if there's people who want to share their story uh, or people want to get involved in supporting us in some way, we would, we would welcome that. Um, can I just share a dream I've got, and this will be long after I'm mm-hmm. dead and gone. But imagine how good it would be if all around the world, once a week, in the local library or community centre or wherever, a group of people got together, maybe with a facilitator, and people shared their story and listened to other people's stories. And yeah. how good would that be? There'd be a lot less loneliness or isolation. People would be a lot supported. We'd have a lot less mental health issues. Um, there'd be, um, yeah, we, we, we'd show care for one another. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to do that. And I, I, another part of the dream is that anyone going through adversity mm-hmm. can readily find a story where they relate to the storyteller and the story itself relates to the situation they're going through. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. my dreams. Hopefully it comes true soon. Um, yeah, before an asteroid hits us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back on the negative again, Ganesh. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's my work to balance it out. You are way too positive. I need to put that in a drizzle of negativeness to at least to scare people into doing things. Well, but I've seen the movie. So as the asteroids come in, a rocket ship will take off with some nuclear bombs in it and they'll land on the thing and they'll they'll drill holes and they'll blow it. It's, that is a movie, isn't it? You've seen it? Yeah, don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Ian, thank you very much for being here. And um, yeah, thank you very much for you know, being useful to the society. Yeah. Ganesh, I, I love what you're doing. I wish you all the best. Uh, with that and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share I guess a bit of my experience and I, I hope that that's uh, been of use to someone mm-hmm. yes definitely you know like a lot of people will find it useful and also guys um, Kinsuki Heroes website will be in the link description 
please check it out either you can be of service or if you want help just um you know e email ian because anyways he has given it out publicly so just you know ask for support if you are in that situation or if you are able to give support please do um so and until the next episode take care and be safe